Santa's coming to town. Hey, Christmas is coming in a week. Can you feel the anticipation? Can you feel it? Do you feel it like Buddy the Elf? Some of you are like, no, I'm Lutheran. You know, the spirit is willing, but the, the flesh, you know, whatever. So, uh, as Pastor Mike always says, but I want to ask you, what are you looking for? Or what are you looking forward to this season? What are you looking forward to? What has your heart just, just pumping? What has you just excited? What has you just so ready for what's next that you're just filled with hope? What's that thing for you right now? And, and maybe for you, you're like me, and you have just been waiting and waiting for the new Star Wars movie to open, and it's finally open, and you can go and see it. Actually, how many of you have seen the Star Wars movie? You are my people, and I love you. Uh, and so I've just been like having my buddy the elf moment, and my wife just totally does not understand me. She's just like, well, why are you so excited about this movie? And there's all these other movies, and I, I just want to watch them all leading up to it so that I can, do you know what I mean? Like I just want to relive all of Star Wars so when I go to the theater, I can ah, have my buddy the elf moment because it's finally here because I, I just, I love that. Maybe for you, you don't, you're like my wife and you don't get that. Maybe it's something else that you're looking forward to. Maybe you're looking forward to, uh, I don't know, the Iowa State games or uh, the bowl games that are coming up because they're favored to win apparently. And, and if for me, I'm not really a sports guy. I wish I was. I just was always bad at them as kids. So I'm just like, cool, you guys, that's great, uh, fabulous. Or maybe for you, you're just like, okay, Christmas is coming. And maybe my mom got me that thing, that maybe that game that I asked for, or got me that, that present that I asked for. Or maybe my dad is going to do this. Or maybe this Christmas will finally be the Christmas that they come home again. And we can all be together. And you're just looking forward to everyone being together. And you're just having, you're having your little Buddy the Elf moment. And maybe it doesn't look exactly like Buddy, but you're just filled with joy. You're filled with hope and excitement. What, what are you looking forward to? Do you, do you even know what you're looking forward to? Because the truth is that some of us were not always like Buddy. Some of us were actually a lot more like Buddy's manager. You see, Buddy the Elf, he was, uh, he was looking for his dad. He found out that he actually was not an elf, that he was a human that grew up in the North Pole. And so he actually did know Santa. And when he found out that his dad lived in New York City, he took this journey to New York City to go and find his dad and find you know, where he came from. And, and he brought all of Christmas with him to New York. And he, he found himself in this, I don't, I don't remember what kind, it's like some kind of department store. Or it's like a Macy's or something like that. Uh, and uh, he ends up working in this department store that's celebrating Christmas because, of course, Christmas time is really important in department stores. And so he's, he's going in, in there and he's so excited about the Christmas decorations. And if you've seen the movie, you know that he sets, sets, resets everything and makes it look just like the North Pole. And the manager is just kind of like going through the motions. The manager doesn't quite understand where all this joy is coming from. The manager is just kind of like, okay, weirdo, I'm glad that you like Christmas. I'm glad that you're excited and filled with hope and all of this stuff, but you're a little weird. And he just kind of backs away, backs away. And some of us, if we're honest, we relate a little bit more with the manager. It's like, okay, Christmas is really important and stuff, and it's big in our culture, but I don't really get it. I, I, I'm not sure I quite understand the joy. I'm not sure I quite understand the hope. I mean, like when people get all crazy about Christmas and pull out all the stops, and I, I don't know if I really, and it's not that you're like a Scrooge, right? You're, you're just, you just don't quite get going up on your house and putting lights on 
on a roof and risking your life for Christmas. It just doesn't make sense to you. Or maybe you're like, well, why do, why do we do cantatas and have all these musicians memorize all this music and, and preach the gospel with, with a, a whole cantata? Or why do we go to Wells Fargo Arena? I mean, don't we have enough seats here? Or couldn't we just do multiple services here? Why do we got to go all out for Christmas? And the truth is that it can be really easy to miss it if you misunderstand it. And that's exactly what was happening with Buddy's manager. He didn't understand Buddy. He didn't understand the joy. He didn't understand that Buddy actually did know Santa. He, he didn't understand that there actually was something deeper, something more meaningful, something bigger. And he was just kind of going through the motions, and he missed it. He was missing it because it's easy to miss it if you misunderstand it. If we're honest, there's some of us that are here or some of us that, w- that we love or they're in our families or uh, in our, our circle of influence that when they think of Christmas, uh, it's really more of just like a holiday for family, like that whole Jesus part of it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. That whole Mary and the virgin birth part of it, like the, the whole religious part of it, it just doesn't quite click with them and it's easy to miss it if you misunderstand it. And so what what I want to do today is I want to point us to the anticipation. Christmas is coming. We're only a a week away. I don't want you to miss it. I I don't want a week from now to, to just be another day where family gets together as great as that is. I don't want a week from now to just just be something that's less than what it could be for you and for me and for all of us because it's easy to miss it if you misunderstand it. The truth is that we have an incredible hope. We're in a season, uh, and a lot of people think this is the Christmas season. This is actually the Advent season on the church calendar. The Christmas season starts at Christmas, and Advent is the season that leads up to Christmas. And so we have the Advent candles over here uh, on uh, my right, your left, uh, and uh, we have three of those candles lit right now uh, because we're in the third uh, week of Advent, and we're getting closer and closer to Christmas. And the reason why we do these Advent candles is because it, it builds our hope and our anticipation of the glorious day where we celebrate that Jesus, the Son of God, was born in to a virgin and came into this world with a body, God with a body, and he lived among us, that he's God with us. And that's pretty amazing stuff, unless you don't understand it, unless you don't understand what it means for you, unless you don't understand what difference that actually makes in your life, unless you don't understand why there's so many people that celebrate and have such joy and such hope. If if you don't understand it, you're probably going to miss it. And it's just going to be candles, and it's just going to be trees, and it's just going to be, you know, traditions. But maybe there's more. Maybe there's something to the anticipation and to the hope and to the joy that comes with this time of year. 2,000 years ago, there was a Buddy the Elf moment happening in the Middle East. There were two women that were celebrating and and rejoicing and they were, really, they were kind of freaking out because uh, they just had something incredible happen to them that gave them incredible hope. And so they were having a Buddy the Elf moment. What happened was, is Mary, the mother of Jesus, had this weird um, God moment, this weird uh, religious experience, you could say, where an angel actually visited her, the angel Gabriel. 
And the angel told her, hey, Mary, guess what? I got some news for you. It's really good news. You are going to carry the Son of God. You are going to be the one to you. The Savior will be born. You're going to carry him. You're going to, even though you're a virgin, you're going to become pregnant, and you're going to give birth, and this little boy is going to, say, he's going to grow up, and he's going to save everybody, the whole world. And, I, I mean, if I was Mary or if you were Mary, I mean, what, what would you say to that? Would you say, hey, maybe you should find someone else? Or, hey, that sounds a little weird. Um, like, I, I don't know if that's for me. I mean, is there someone that's more faithful? Is there someone that's, that's better? Is there someone that's, that's wiser or more religious that would be a better candidate for this? But that's not what Mary said, and it wasn't because she thought she was awesome. She said, I'm a servant of the Lord. May it be done unto me as you've said. But the next day, can you imagine waking up and thinking, okay, what did I have for dinner last night? Because that was a weird experience. But there was something else that the angel told her. The angel told her, hey, you know your, your relative Elizabeth? You know how she's pretty old now? You know how everyone thought that she was barren and would never have kids? She's actually pregnant right now. And so Mary does something Kind of dangerous. Mary actually travels to see her relative Elizabeth. And it was about, about a five-day journey. And as she was traveling um, uh, to the hill country to see her relative and to essentially, um, if, I if it was me, I would be going to like really figure out, was this angel a real thing? Or was I just kind of like, did I have a, some weird pizza the night before? Um, and, but she actually was just going to congratulate because she had this amazing faith. Like when you read the scriptures and you read about Mary, her faith is just so, so awesome. And just I, I just look up to that. And sometimes I'm like, man, if I could just have a faith like Mary, that would be incredible. And so she, she comes uh, to Elizabeth's house, and she uh, knocks on the door, and she comes on in, and she says, Elizabeth. And before she can get another word out, Elizabeth has a Buddy the Elf moment. Elizabeth starts freaking out. Elizabeth starts yelling and exclaiming, and, and for, not in like a, a bad way, but in an excited way, a Buddy the Elf kind of way. She's rejoicing and has this, this moment. And if, I, if you were Mary, you'd have to be like, whoa, hey, I, I barely even said hi yet. But the thing that was so amazing was before Mary could say anything about, hey, I saw an angel, and hey, I know this sounds weird, but I think I'm going to give birth to the Son of God. Before she could say any of that, you know what Elizabeth said? She said, why am, why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord would come to visit me? You see, when Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, the child within her leapt in her womb. And she was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she knew in that moment that the mother of her Lord and her Lord in, her mother, in his mother's womb was in her presence. In fact, her baby leapt in her womb because her baby would one day grow up to be John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was 
created by God to point to Jesus. And even in utero, he was pointing to Jesus and celebrating Jesus. Have you ever noticed the things that you hope for and the things that you're excited about and the the things that you rejoice about? That's what your life tends to point others to. That's exactly what was happening with John. Even from the womb, he was rejoicing and celebrating in Jesus' presence. And it pointed his mother to Jesus. Before Mary could even say anything about angels or, or any, anything about a Savior being born, Elizabeth rejoices at the angel's message. And if you were Mary in that moment, all of a sudden, everything the angel would have said to you, that maybe you, if you, she had like this incredible faith, but if you or me were there, we would have been like, oh man, was that re- did that really happen or am I going a little crazy right now? And then all of a sudden, you go a five-day journey away and your relative is telling you the exact same thing before you can even say anything. All of a sudden, all of that would be confirmed in your heart. And so do you know what Mary did? She had her own buddy, the elf moment. She actually burst out into song. She actually just started, started singing. And it was, it was pretty incredible. Uh, this is uh, a scripture that uh, a lot of theologians have called the Magnificat, which is a, a song of praise. And it, it says, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. Some of your translations might say, how my soul magnifies the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He's scattered the proud and the haughty ones, and he has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, and he has sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful, for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. So Mary celebrated celebrated that God was fulfilling his promise. You see, Israel, God's people, had been waiting for a very long time. They had been waiting for salvation to come. They had been waiting for God to show up. God promised that he would make them a great nation. Not, and not just that they would be a great nation and that they would you know, have autonomy and you know, freedom from other nations like, like Egypt or like uh, Babylon or like Rome during Mary's time. But God promised that they would be a great nation that would bless the whole world. That their na- from their nation, the rest of the world would be able to encounter God, be able to, to have the world set right again that things would start with Israel and spread to the rest of the world. And they'd been waiting and waiting and waiting for God to actually do something. And as they were looking around, it it just seemed like things were getting darker and darker and darker. And part of that was Israel wasn't really following God's word very well. They were kind of struggling with that or twisting God's word and becoming hyper-religious but forgetting who God really is. 
in the mission that God gave them. So Israel had kind of lost its way, but God hadn't lost his. God had a plan. Christmas was coming. Hope was coming. And now it shows up in a pregnancy to this little servant girl who's probably a teenager. This virgin birth and this barren birth both signs that God was on the move. What is it for you in your life that maybe feels like God is acting a little too slowly? What is it in your life that it just kind of feels like that maybe God could move a little bit faster or maybe it feels like God has forgotten you or it feels like that God has better things to do. God has better plans for other people, but for you, you know, he'll get to you if he has time. For your dreams and for your hopes and for the things that God made you to do, he'll get to you if he has time. Hope's on the way. Hope is coming. The season, it's pregnant with hope. See, the reason that Mary and Elizabeth and John in the womb were having their buddy the elf moment is because hope was not just coming. The hope was present right there with them. The long-awaited Messiah was there. Freedom was at hand. The kingdom of God was at hand. And you need to know, hope is coming for you, too. The reason that they were celebrating is because the word of God, the promise of God, wasn't just coming true, it was. But it wasn't just some religious concept that made them feel better about themselves. The hope of God came in a person. And in the Bible, there's, there's a term for this. It says that the Word became flesh. See, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word is Jesus. And in the beginning, the, the, everything was made through the Word. It was like the thesis statement of all of creation. And so Jesus was there in creation, and everything, including you and me and mountains and oceans and animals and everything that exists, it was all made with Jesus as the bottom line. And that word, that thesis statement, that person put on a body and entered into our darkness and our brokenness to do something about it. It was... Um, Oh gosh, it was, I can't remember how many months ago it was now, because I'm standing in front of you and I'm trying to do math, which is a terrible idea. Uh, but it was New Year's Eve this past year that my wife, Michelle, called me upstairs and said, hey Nick, I have something I need to show you. And so I started coming upstairs and I walk in the room and she says, I have an early anniversary present for you. And she shows me a pregnancy test that says that we're pregnant. And we had a Buddy the Elf moment in that moment. I was just like overwhelmed with love and joy and, and we'd been trying for a long time and it just wasn't working and then all of a sudden here he was. Our little baby was on the way. 
And we got this app, uh, I don't even remember what it was called, but there was this app that it'll tell you how your baby's developing. And so uh, we, we put in what our baby's due date was, and we put, uh, we didn't have a name picked at the time, so we just put his, the name in as, as baby. And so every day the app would say, okay, baby's hands are developing today, and his, his toes are developing today, or baby's uh, nervous system is developing, or baby's brain is developing. And we're just like, oh. This is like every day we just look forward to getting that notification from that app that told us exactly what was going on inside of that womb. And every day it just would make us so, so excited. And I I remember we went into our appointment and then we actually got to see. We got to see what this little, I mean, you didn't know what was what. It's just kind of like a blob on, on a screen. But that is the coolest blob I've seen in my whole life. And I remember that one of the best parts of this app is it would tell you how big the baby was. So, uh, you know, throughout the pregnancy, it would say, your baby's the size of a blueberry today. And we're like, oh, and it totally changed grocery shopping in that moment. Like, we'd be like, blueberries! And it was just so, so exciting. Oh, he's the size of an avocado. He's the size, and it was always some kind of produce. I don't know why, but it was was always produce. And, and, uh, and And it just was so cool. So, so amazing. And then he got big enough that we could actually feel him kick his hands moving. There's a real baby in there with a real body and a real nervous system and a real brain and a real lungs and real, like he, he is there, like he wasn't there and now he's there and it's just like the miracle of life. And it, it just was so cool. And then we got to see his face on, on our next ultrasound and find out he's a boy I'm like, praise Jesus, he's a boy. They're way less expensive. So, no, I'm just kidding. I want like, I want like three girls too because I, I want a bunch of little princesses in my house. I think that would be so cool. So, uh, but don't tell my wife that we're, we're, we just had this baby three months ago. So she's not ready to have that conversation yet. <laughs> so all through these, these nine months, it's just the anticipation's building and it's building and it's building. And, and we get to see this baby. It wasn't just a concept in our brain, but this, this baby actually took on flesh. And I remember on September 9th at 5.24 p.m., this eight-pound, three-ounce little boy made his debut in the world. And, you know, all the anticipation was, was incredible, and we felt so overwhelmed with love, and it was just awesome. But when he showed up in the flesh, oh man, overwhelming doesn't even come close. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And the truth is that my baby, Elliot, he's, he's a awesome, but he's not the savior of the world. See, as Mary was carrying Jesus, and I don't think that she had an app that told him that Jesus was the size of a blueberry, but Jesus was at one point the size of a blueberry, and then an avocado, and then a pineapple, and whatever kind of produce. Maybe they, I don't think they have pineapples in Israel. Anyway, uh, whatever, whatever it was, he was growing within Mary's womb. He was putting on 
flesh. Mary could feel him kick. And there was a day where Jesus was born and she got to see God in the flesh and she could touch God in the flesh. She could kiss God's forehead. She could hear God coo and giggle. The giggles are the best. Because the word became flesh. And that is a huge deal. And it's not just a huge deal because a baby showed up and it was a miraculous baby. It's a huge deal because the little hands and the little feet that were developing in that womb, the flesh that was being put on in that womb, that flesh would grow up. And when that flesh grew up, it was those hands and those feet that would be nailed to a piece of wood that would be sacrificed for you and for me, for the forgiveness of our sins, to set the world right again, to free God's people, and to take the nation of Israel that was supposed to be a blessing of the world and to set it right and to open up God's freedom and God's love to everybody, regardless of their background, their nationality, or really anything in their history, their choices, anything. This is good news for all people. Jesus came into our world. He didn't just sit back and say, hmm, yeah, there's a lot of problems down there. Let's just pull up some voodoo magic and boom, all right, everything's fixed, because <laughs> I'm God. No, that's not what he did. And some people are like, well, wouldn't that have been a lot easier? Yeah, but we wouldn't have been able to choose him. See, Jesus was, when he came into this world and when he cried, as a little baby, he was crying for a relationship with you and me, a relationship that we would choose, a relationship that we would choose in love, a relationship where we would love one another, and we would choose that, not because we had to or because some religion said that we should. And we wouldn't have this artificial joy because, because of some time of the year. No, we would have a joy that goes beyond our circumstances. We would have a hope. We would have a, a, a not just the excitement that Jesus came, but we have the excitement that Jesus is coming again. We celebrate Advent, which is a fancy church word meaning Jesus came. And his first Advent happened on Christmas, but there's going to be a second Advent. I don't know if you read the end of this book, but there's a second advent where Jesus is coming again. And when he comes, he will set everything right. The work of the cross is being moved across communities like this and by the Holy Spirit and all around the world. Jesus is working. Jesus is coming. And we get to see little glimpses of heaven, little glimpses of the kingdom of God bursting into the darkness of our world. And that's why we pull out all the stops. That's why we have cantatas. That's why we, we go to Wells Fargo Arena to celebrate. Because Jesus isn't just a baby that's cute or a miracle. The fact that Jesus came, that Christmas is coming, reminds us Jesus is coming back. There is hope. There is something worth celebrating. In the middle of your darkness, God decided, I'm going to step into that. In the middle of your sin and my sin, in the middle of your mistakes and my mistakes, God decided, I'm going to step into that. Because I don't want to leave the people that I love in, in, in a mess. The people that I love, I'm going to become one of them.
and experience what they experience. Feel what they feel. And I'll actually even lay down my life so we can be together forever. That's a big deal. That's worth celebrating. And so we're going to go to Wells Fargo. And we're going to have candlelight services here the the two days before uh, Christmas Eve. And we're going to continue to celebrate and look forward and have Buddy the Elf moments, very Lutheran Buddy the Elf moments, okay? We're going to continue to do that because that's what we were made for, was to be with God. We call God Emmanuel. We call Jesus Emmanuel because it means God is with us, that the Word became flesh.